welcome to Carry On. Hi, guys. And welcome to the Sex and the City Podcast. Samantha's like, he's got the most perfect dad. <laughs> How did this happen? How did they get the message that the ass is now on the menu? I've been dating since I was 15. I'm exhausted. Where is he? Thanks, so I found under our sink when we were cleaning today, I found um, that we had 2,000 flushes. Like we had a couple um, of the round uh Cubular. Do you know what 2,000 flushes is? Yeah. Circular. No, I don't know what you're talking about. So 2,000 flushes is a circular cube. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it's a circular drop that you place. It's a tablet. In, a it's, tab, a, it's a toilet. You yeah. You place it a in the upper tablet. deck of the toilet. Uh-huh. Well, it turns the water blue. Yeah. Oh. It turns the water. But I had had a conversation with somebody, and I want your opinion on this, that... Why? Uh, some people think that it's a rich person thing, but other people think it's a poor person thing. Like poor really? people change the color of their toilet. To me, it water. seems like my, although my grandmother didn't do this, it seems like <laughs> grandma's like house. Grandma <laughs> Why do you turn it blue? Welcome to grandma's house. Because it uh, it's cleans supposedly it. cleans it. Like every flush, it, you're also cleaning your yes. toilet. Yeah. So oh. the idea is what you do is you clean your toilet thoroughly first, and then you put in this thing. So and it's it got keeps a nice it clean. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I my my experiences with those were after my mom had like um, house cleaners come. Okay, there would be some kind yeah. of new cleaning thing in the toilet that wasn't there before. <laughs> Look, I invented something amazing: two thousand flushes, blue plus bleach, powerful blue detergent plus stain fighting chlorine bleach. Two cleans in one for up to four months. Two thousand flushes, blue plus bleach. Two cleans in one. Um. Speaking of toilets, <laughs> welcome wow. to Carry On, the Sex in the City podcast. I'm your co-host, Alec. And I'm Kat. And with us tonight, this is part two of a two-parter, so it's only appropriate that we have two guests tonight, and these guests are just really the best. We've got Joe Gillette and Daniel Montgomery with us in the house. Hi. Hi. Guys, it's great to have you. Oh, it's um, great to be uh, And had. also, I'm sorry that um, That's okay. I appreciate oh, wow. you saying I that. I forgot this episode was such a clunkers. It was an a it was a really weird episode. Yeah, I was thinking if I if that had been my first episode of Sex in the City, I would never watch the show again. Yes. So That is the Lord's truth. Yeah. What, Catherine, you I know you've got the the background info for us. So hit us with those facts about tonight's episode. We just watched season 4, episode 4. What's sex got to do with it? Written by Nicole Avril, directed by Alan Coulter, and aired June 17th, 2001. If you want to know what you're dealing with with this episode, look no further than Carrie's I Couldn't Help But Wonder, which is... What comes first? The chicken or the sex? Which isn't even a pun. <laughs> I'm, fa- I'm face palming really hard right now. There were many times throughout the episode that Kat and, well... All of us at some point kind of went, Ugh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, just just to put this disclaimer in here, we say all of this with love. love. Of course, we're here. We love sex. Everybody in the city. say love. We host a GD podcast. Love. love, love. Thank you. 
We host a podcast about it. Clearly, we're obsessed with it. We love it. And you, when you love something, sometimes you have to snark on it just a little bit. Yeah, Alec, you really should stop doing that the moment I step out of the shower every day. It happens. <laughs> How are you going to get better, honey? <laughs> How are really, you going to get better if I don't point out your flaws? I, I don't understand. It's like the, it's like. Pretty much every scene is uncomfortable. Almost every scene is. It is an uncomfortable yeah. episode. Like I just, it totally never finds its footing, and it's strange because we've had so many great episodes, and uh, well, I don't know if I would. I guess there are so many great episodes in season four. I'm thinking about things like Ghost Town that I revisit on the reg. I just rewatched it the other night, and we're coming up on that one. And I feel like that for for there to be such a clunker this far into the series is just kind of confusing i i think that our four um thespians did the best they could possibly do with the what material in this me? episode <laughs> pupusita um, pusetta <laughs> i'm sorry um did you set up oh fuck i fucked up the joke um <laughs> uh okay sorry let me just take it back for a second i'm not gonna try and do the joke again um <laughs> You just said, what did you just say? <laughs> I said Pusetta. Oh, yes. Alec, you're Thank so you. cute right now. That reminds me of what I was going to say, which is, oh, we've got four great actresses, and they were doing yeah. the best that they could possibly do with the material. But even still, I could feel them cringing a little bit at I the stuff like that I they had too. to do. I really do. Episode. I feel like I, I, I sense the cringe. Um, in the middle of the episode, they'll sort of do this panning dolly where we're sort of panning between the homes of the four ladies. And they've been like, so creative state with it in. For, in some episodes where, like, I forget which episode it was, where, like, both Charlotte and Samantha are in the bed and they, like, pan down a bed and they're, like, yes. they obviously did it practically and it was so cool because yes. you got to, yeah. They've but done it really well before. In this episode, and, and one of the things that I think really great actors do is that even if they have one line in the scene, they are living their character's life before they call action and you can feel as though they're continuing to live their life after they call cut. But in this 10-minute montage in the middle of the episode, I can tell that they have nothing to work with. And it's like, okay, the camera's going to dolly past you, Samantha, and you're going to look at this grandmother's pussy, and you're going to say, interesting. And then it's going to pan past you. And, like... Poor Kim Cynthia Cattrall, Nixon, like Cynthia Nixon, just ate cake all the whole episode, <laughs> the entire episode. And can I? Yeah, say, there was like two thirds of that montage was just her eating the same cake, and I, I was like, we we get it. I yes. want to volunteer the opinion that like, I think Cynthia Nixon had the best storyline in this episode. Well, I'm oh, I'm wow. glad you said that eating because just like Cynthia Nixon and her Duncan Hines, let's dive in. Um, why don't we start though with Carrie's storyline? We never do, and I feel like let's. Let's let's if, yeah. Let's do Carrie first. Yeah, yeah. yeah Carrie we'll end first. it with a shot to the face of. Yeah, we will. Oh, Catherine. So, um, it, listeners, if you'll remember, uh, in in the previous episode, Carrie was dating Mr. Jazzman. Who, Ray. Ray, thank you. And Mr. Jazzman. I'm not sure they said his name last episode. No, but I appreciate you knowing it and bringing it to the table. I thought they just, his name was like Jazzman. Or I thought like, I don't know. He doesn't need a name, Mm -hmm. really. Because he's not really a human. Yeah, which begs the question, why a two-parter for this guy? 
I I don't know. And by the way, uh, Chris Noth must have had some sort of episode deal like he does five of the 12 episodes because he was in the previous episode and yeah. I thought he would return because in the previous episode Big is jealous of Mr. Jazzman Carrie and Big go out to this dinner and uh, Jazzman is there and there's some awkwardness between them there's no resolution to that storyline like he just sort of like disappears that he, into the ether that she set a boundary and she was like Big John, I'm going to need you to back off because I'm dating people now. So we open the episode. We find Carrie over at Mr. Jasmine's place. I'd like to live in that place, by the way. I thought that was like a pretty cool. Yeah. Like had all the instruments. You could see the the, t- the New York traffic behind him on some bridge that I yeah. thought was yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. So um, Mr. Jasmine, he's just he's got a lot. To, to tell Carrie about jazz. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I I don't disagree with Carrie here on the jazz thing. Carrie, I mean, I, well, I, Carrie says she doesn't like jazz. It yeah. bothers me that he can't, he's, like, missing the chip to, like, to understand that she's not into it. He's just talking over her. And I realize yes. I interrupted you to say that. But, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I am self-aware. But, but, he, but he's just like, ooh, listen to this bass line. And she obviously isn't following. Like, yeah, have right. a chip in your brain that's like, maybe we could talk about something you care about for Carrie's a little bit, Carrie's trying too. really hard to be into it, but you just, yeah. she's just not. No. It, it, it makes me uncomfortable when, like, I mean, I feel like we've all been in the situation where you're really into something, and you're dating someone and you want them to be into it. Yes. So that you can share this yes. thing. But your enthusiasm is at such a high level that there's no way that they, they, they can meet you there. Yes. So that it ends up just sort of being like, I don't know. Yeah, he was like sort of mansplaining jazz to her. Oh. Yes. And then it just, yeah, it doesn't work. Having said that, I feel like, look honesty is is the best policy but like also carry like give it a chance like you know just be like oh yeah that's pretty cool i I don't know (laughs) i think she i mean at this point you know it's our second episode with this guy i think this is the point where she's like i have to tell you because this is all we talk about (laughs) because they had gone to three different jazz clubs that night oh you're right oh my god and they were back at his place and she was like it was our second date or third date but it felt like our fourth because We've been to, we've been to so many jazz clubs, yeah. and she's like, I've got to tell yeah. you, yeah, I don't like jazz. I mean, jazz. replace that with any other hobby. Like, you know, let's say someone's really into squash. Squash, yeah. and he's like, it's the squash bonanza this week. We're going to three squash matches tonight. Who wants to do or three? Oh, someone's a film buff and they want to go to movies. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're going to go to three movies tonight. You don't get a chance to talk to them. You're in three movies in one evening. It sounds like a nice night to me, but like, what if, like, maybe maybe it's just a lot well, of this anything. Well, is, this is setting up the fact that he's ADD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, I played bass in a college band, and the, the song that he played for her that made him want to get in bass, I, I don't get it. Because it was like... I think, no, it was more like... I don't know. That sounds pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) What I love to think about was there was absolutely no music playing when they were doing the scene. And so he was just like, yeah, and like dancing around, but there was nothing happening. Someone ruined that, ruined dancing scenes for me. It was 
maybe it was you, Daniel. Me? I don't know. But like Me? pointing out that on a set there's never music playing because they have to be a, be capturing the conversation. So when people are dancing and stuff, there's there's no they don't. And so I'm forever distracted by the lack of like wow. match up to the per- people dancing I didn't think to the about music that. that's yeah, actually this playing. Oh. Yeah, it's funny because you like, couldn't dance to this. Every music movie anyway. that has a dancing scene, no, like. No matter what the movie is, it, the song is always, This will be an everlasting love. <laughs> Girl, you, you mad? I'm not mad. No, but it's like every movie where people dance together. Why is it that song? Is that true? Yeah. It yes. kind of is. Love. That I worked mean, for me when yeah. you said that. Even I mean, in La La Land. I love that song. It's the end of La La Land. <laughs> yeah. It's also, isn't it like in the um, eHarmony commercials? I'm, yeah. Yes, it's you're Jeff absolutely hun- right. Yeah. One hundo thundo yeah. is. The eHarmony commercials where people are dancing to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and like Bring when people from eHarmony get married, they lovelessly, silently dance to that song. Lovelessly. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite adverbs. Yeah. They're a match, yeah. It's very, very romantic to be set up by an algorithm. There are so yeah. many algorithm matches. Well, um, let's talk about why... why Carrie has stuck around with this guy and when will continue to stick around with this well, guy. Well, he's cute. Question she's mark? she's not into all that jazz, but she is into all that jizz. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. Alan. <laughs> there the sex is great. No, the sex is mind blowing. She had the most intense orgasm of her life. Let's talk about I love this about this is if there's one takeaway from this episode, it's that often Carrie is not portrayed is overtly sexual. She's sexually progressive. She's an independent thinking, amazing 21st century woman, but we don't often see her in in sexually explicit ways. Mm -hmm. In this episode, wow. She jumps right into it. Yeah. She also giggles her way through some of it. As we talked, there there was a lot of giggling, and I feel like maybe that is a symptom of kind of the compensating for the discomfort with some of the stuff, or maybe she was just making a choice, and that's fine. But yes, you see her kind of like he like grabs her by the pussy. Yeah. And she's like, oh. They have there is a lot of tromboning in this episode oh, between Alan. the two of them. Do you think he played her bongos? <laughs> um there's... I feel like hers are like I mean, I know timpanies are huge, but like I like the word timpani. Sure. Um, she's got a great uh, body. Well, <laughs> she's got a great set of tambourines. So, Kat and I. He plays like a brace. Kat and I talk a lot about Sex and City, even not on the podcast. <laughs> like, we really need a hobby. But um, one of the things I asked Kat, like, just hanging out one day, I said, Do you think that Carrie is really good in bed? Like, do you think that she's, like, just amazing as a lover as a sexual partner and Catherine's answer I don't remember my you answer you said yes I and did. I agree I think Carrie's probably great she seems pretty passionate yeah I would think she would be good yeah she leans into it Daniel do you have I feel opinion? like all four of our women are pretty good yeah. yeah yeah I've slept with all of them and they were very good yeah. I mean think about that scene with Charlotte and Trey like talking like having a conversation when she's on top of him riding him like several episodes from now whenever that is and you know what I'm talking about it's yes. almost violent like yeah. Charlotte knows how to work it 
Yeah. Well, so Carrie with the ladies is it like. It doesn't make any sense. I barely know him. We've only been on two dates. And yet you had sex with him. Can everyone please let Carrie talk about the sex? The mind blowing sex. Now, I realize that this next statement makes me a bit of a freak, but, um. I usually have to be in love with someone to have that kind of orgasm. You might want to see someone about that. What the hell is going on? Maybe Ray is the one. Your clitoris seems to think so. Uh, it was probably just a fluke. I'm going back tomorrow to find out. That's the question of the ep- you know the episode. Really, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. is having sex? Does having sex make a relationship? And is what about is a relationship not having sex? And like, what is making love? And, um, and let's eat a bunch sex. of eclairs. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've really and eat a cake out of the trash. Yeah. yeah, eat some trash cake. It is yeah. an interesting idea, though, that like you could have um, sex that is so good with somebody, but yeah. that's kind of it. Right. And it's like, oh, why can't I have this good a sex with someone that I'm also really emotionally invested yes. in? Yeah. The, the, she makes a point to say that the sex with this guy was so good it made her whole body treble. <laughs> <laughs> But can you base a relationship off of that? Oh, wow. wow. Do you really think of these ahead of time? <laughs> or do they just come, they just come naturally? I think they come naturally. Which I think is, they do too. Which is wow. truly a gift. Can, can we also talk, we all noticed that like at least they made a choice and it seems as though like there's a bit of like a butt wiggle that yes. Ray is doing. That's, he like, definitely has the wiggle this. technique because we see yeah. them um, making love um, under the sheets twice during the montage. Yes. And, or something like that. And he's definitely um, not your typical thrust. It's more of a wiggle, wiggle, he's wiggle. He's going around the world. A wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. And they 69. Yeah, they it did. It's a reveal because you, you think he's, you know, they're doing it missionary style and then you the camera pans above the sheets and then you see two feet pop out of the sheets that are on the where the pillow is and you're like they're doing 69 she's giggling (laughs) it's that wiggle 69 daniel the way that you express that that truly like does make me realize how like it's this is a very superficial episode, mm-hmm. and that's the sort of superficial joke like <laughs> that the episode delivers. You know, like yeah. I can just imagine the viewer like, oh, they're sixty nine. Wow, oh, her feet is out. They are sixty nine, and I know mu- what they're doing. They must be having a good set. But it's like Past literally popcorn. no deeper than that. Like, yes. That's that's all it is. Yeah, that's it. That's all. So Carrie's, I guess, struggle in this episode is like, okay, this guy, he's got ADD. She can't, she's trying to like learn about where he came from and what his story is and what he cares about aside from jazz. And the guy just can't take a moment. This is, I. okay, here's, here's the thing about this episode, I think, is that in... In a lot of episodes, they do a really great job of, of telling slightly surreal, slightly heightened stories. But we all know these girls, these women, really well. We, we, we imagine what they're doing when they're not on screen. And we all have opinions about like where they would be now. This is such a sitcom 
sort of, it's so fluffy and so beyond reality that it doesn't feel tonally right and in line with the rest of the show. I'm looking, I, I actually want to learn something from each episode about the characters. I want to be challenged. I want the characters to be challenged. And it's just kind of like, okay, this guy just has ADD. Well, it feels like every character is like a little out of character. That's how I felt too. You know, yes. like with everybody, I'm like, would Carrie like stick around this long? Yes. And then with, with, with Miranda, I think, would she, like, would she spend this much time? Well, yes. Maybe she would. Miranda's yes. the only one where I feel like I could buy it a little bit. Yes. But even for Charlotte, her sort of, sort of her out, we'll, we'll explain all of this, but her outburst that happens, I'm like, it seemed odd and a little forced. And Samantha, I don't even know what to say about the, Samantha. You're, Daniel, you're absolutely right. The words felt tinny coming out of their mouths. They, they, it, it felt inappropriate. And um, too sophomoric? In mm. some cases, for some of the ladies, like I just feel like they're smarter well, that, than this. That's what I meant when, when I said earlier about like if that had been the first episode I'd ever seen of Sex in the City, I wouldn't know what the show was. Yeah, like at all. Yeah, yeah. and and I think I would I would think it was like too big because I yeah. felt like the a lot of moments felt sort of inauthentic. Yes. and pushed. Yes, and and like almost playing for laughs. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of the show isn't. That's not how what I think of when I think of the show. Yes. So let's wrap up Carrie's storyline so we can move on. So Carrie, Carrie knows that this guy is not right for her. He can't hold a conversation, but the sex is really good. So maybe she'll stick around a little bit longer. The reason that she finally leaves him IMO is completely arbitrary. Totally. They sleep together. Uh, He wakes up. He says, hey, do you want some water? He leaves the bedroom, and she hears the dulcet uh, sounds of a banjo. He's not playing. He's not. I wish he were. Da-da-ding, ding, ding. Don't Dun. fuck me in the ass, oh no. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that was a scene from, from Deliverance. Deliverance. Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. Okay. But, oh, this is the other thing. And this yes. isn't going to make the episode any better or more interesting. <laughs> but um, he had said earlier in the, in the first scene together that... Um, about his instruments that he doesn't really play them that well, but he sort of like gets excited about a new one yes. and then puts the other ones away. Yes. And so that brings us full circle to the end where he doesn't get her water. She hears the banjo playing. She comes out and he's naked sitting yes. like playing, playing the banjo. banjo. Yes. And then that's her she realizes, epiphany. Yeah. Yes. For some reason she's like, Oh, I, and the voiceover as she's walking like under a dirty bridge. And, and like, she like she, throws some change to a guy some playing some jazz on playing, the street. Yeah, he's playing jazz, but he's playing a tune she can sing to. She's playing yes. a tune, you know, he's, he's playing When I Fall in Love. And she's, she's walking like. Walking home from ADD, another dating disaster. I worry that there's a reason they call it mind-blowing sex. Maybe that kind of physical connection obliterates the chance of an intellectual one. Or maybe it's possible to find both. That's what I was hoping, because great sex is great. 
but I still like a song with a melody I can sing to. It's a really half, like half attempted allegory for jazz, I guess. Yeah, yeah because her or whole something. point is jazz. There's nothing to hang on to. Right. There's no melody that you can sing along with, and and she needs something like that. Although I disagree. She was more. She was more sort of in John Legend's camp yes. in La La Land. Yes. Taking it to this pop jazz La La place. Yes. You know, and Craig Bierko. Wanted to or, talk about chicken pot pie. Or Ray, yeah. He was really into canned corn, apparently. Yes. <laughs> and pork pie hats. You, when was the last time you had canned corn? That's what's important. Yeah. A couple weeks. Craig Bierko has such an interesting career. Tell, please tell I don't know anything we, about Craig Bierko. We talked about him in the last episode because this is a two-parter. And we were like, he's cute, I guess. He's like, and we didn't know anything about over it. Over the years, he's popped up in such weird, different things. Like, I know he was in, like, the last couple scary movies. Oh. Really? He's like, p- plays very broad comedy. And then he was really? also, um, he played the role of Max Bear in Cinderella Man opposite Russell Crowe. He was what? like the villain, essentially, in that movie, which was which was um, a, a not so accurate portrayal of that man in real life. Well, in, in that, in real life, he did actually kill a man in the boxing ring. This man, Max Bear, mm-hmm. he um, killed someone, but he wasn't like a bad guy. It just happened. And then he ended up um, paying for that family's like children and for them to go through college for their like like for the rest of their lives Goodness. and stuff. Gave them money and forever. that right there is more impactful, that story, than this entire episode. Yeah. I know weird things about Craig Bierko, I, I guess. Impressed. I just realized. I, you've brought some real value. Um, speaking of value, let's talk about Miranda's storyline and the outrageous prices that oh. she was finding at the local pastry shop. Yeah. This is the, the storyline of this episode. Okay, this is 2001 money. It's Miranda, Miranda's... For some reason, she's all about her local pa- fancy pastry place. Patisserie. Her local patisserie. Her local pootie tang. What's the word? I was going to make a joke about participating instead of <laughs> going in that direction. <laughs> Pusetta? I wish you had. Pusetta. So her local Pusetta. Her local, her local bruschetta Pusetta place. <laughs> For literally no reason at all. Except to tell this story. In this episode, Miranda has decided to swear off of sex. And she she, doesn't want to go on any more bad dates. Yeah. Uh, So instead, she decides to start a relationship with chocolate or something. Yeah, Yeah, she gets a chocolate eclair every day and... And it reaches a point where she like wants to get a cake, and the cake's seventy four <laughs> bucks. And then she like makes a, her own devil's food cake, and she like eats it for ten minutes, and then shoves it in the trash, and then eats it out of the trash, and then puts, puts soap, soap on it. On it. And, then and she that's some Miranda. She's been substituting chocolate for sex, and, and then so she then she takes out her, her she takes out her dilder and, and <laughs> dilder, <laughs> little dilder, and dildlers herself. Uh, I and love that's Miranda's story. <laughs> I love the part. I love the part where she she decides to put the cake in the garbage, but immediately calls Carrie and leaves a message saying, "I know you're probably busy having mind blowing sex right now, but I feel that you need to know your good friend Miranda Hobbs has just taken a piece of cake out of the garbage and eaten it." 
You'll probably need this information when you check me into the Betty Crocker Clinic. But it's like you just put it on the top, first yeah. of all. Well, I that was my favorite part of that yeah. whole storyline because I was like that. that I was like that's me calling my, one of my friends. Oh, that's real. But like we saw that yeah. it's, it's right there. Also, it bugs me that she doesn't have a bag in the trash. It bugs can. me too. But my favorite, my, the only note I took about that storyline was orange trash can. Yeah, because it's yeah. bright orange. It's bright that's cool. Orange. But that, there's no bag. That felt like a that felt like a bathroom trash can, yes. not a kitchen yes. trash can. I've never seen so that color over. trash can. No. No. Never. Also, well, first of all, we can all agree that we couldn't have Claire less about this episode. <laughs> but let's talk about that trash can a little bit more because it didn't have a bag in it. It was a bathroom <laughs> trash can. And and, and it was orange. When she threw the uh, cake away in the trash can, she had removed the top, and then she left the she room without the replacing room. the top back on the trash can. What if Fatty gets into that chocolate? Y'all cats and yeah. dogs can't have chocolate. And there's no bag for the trash. Yes. And then she just she, that squeezes soapy. dish soap all yes. over it. That soapy cake is going to be so hard to get out of the trash can. Yes. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's going to get all in the bottom of it. And then, like, coffee grounds are going to get in it. And it's going to get smushed down to the bottom. And then it's going to get stuck in the bottom. And in New York, you can't go outside with a hose and clean it off. There are no... There's not a public not a hose on the street. In that apartment building. So sh- this is why she buys little bathroom trash cans because she just keeps ruining them over and over again. So that's Miranda's <laughs> storyline. <laughs> yeah, that's it. There's absolutely it. Nothing, nothing else to else say happens. about it. No. no. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Samantha. I guess. You guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel mildly offended by some of the stuff that happens during some I, of the I know you yeah. do. I know you do. By, especially by like some of <clears throat> Carrie's comments. And it's just like, I know it was 2001. It's like here on the island of Lesbos. Yes. Yeah. And, what? And also, um, so, well, let's, Alec, why don't you set us up? Sure. And then, then I can tell you all the things that pissed me off. So, in the previous episode, Samantha met Maria. Uh, an artist played by Sonia Braga. I just don't understand her on this show. I I don't either. Like I want to buy it and I want to like give into the storyline, but I just can't see her and Samantha together. Yes, yes. I feel the. I just can't. Yes. I just can't. No, I feel the same way about Samantha and Maria that I do about Miranda and her seventy-four dollar cake. I'm not buying it. Yeah. I'm not buying it. It's not it it doesn't ring true. Here's two there you have to you have to buy two things. First of all, you have to buy that Samantha would be sexually adventurous enough to date a woman. I can buy that. I can buy she's, that. I can buy that. She slept with women before. She mentions yes. to Maria in the previous episode. She's like, I've done the threesome thing a time or two. It usually involved another guy and some acquaintance. But you have to even go further than that. And you have to say, okay, you would also buy that Samantha would be willing to try a relationship with a woman without sleeping with her first. Ugh, well, I don't but then that. you have to buy that things like this would happen, where they start to like have sex, and Samantha's going down on her, and Maria stops her and says, so quickly, so quickly, and says, "This is not really working for me." It was the fastest stoppage to a sexual act I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. How rude. Give her a minute. Like it was, I mean, it was completely unrealistic. Like she, she hadn't even, 
She I hadn't even begun. I thought it was so you, unrealistic to her saying, this is this is not really working for me. You and Samantha's so like, what did you say to me? Unrealistic and stereotypical. Not that I'm a lesbian who has lesbian sex. However, I find it um, offensive and I get it. It's television. They're just doing... But why does lesbian sex have to be like candles and romantic music? Why can't they just be having sex like two people? I'd like to think that's Maria. I'd like to think that's I sort of like so. Maria's thing. I guess so. I just I feel like the portrayal, the portrayal, because think about the way gay gay sex is portrayed on the show b- between two men. It's like either you know the few times we see it at all is like you know Stanford going over to that guy's place and he's like a creep who has like a bunch of dolls or they they have the um uh the the they buy the porn tape and the ladies are like oh and it's like ooh ooh and it's like porn music um. And it's, like, raucous and, like, wild. But, like, lesbian sex has to be all candles and, like, romance and, like, softness and, like... Well, it's fucking... It's fine. It can be any kind of sex. Like, whatever. I get it. I'm talking from 2017. But I just resent... On top of... It might not have bothered me if everything else hadn't been so annoying. But I just kind of was like, okay, I get it. It's like lesbians. They're going to talk a lot and they're going to have sex by candlelight. Um, It was interesting that they... They they sort of tried to do this um, thing where they made Samantha seem like what our idea of what a man is like. Yes. Pre, during, and post-sexual intercourse. Yes. And so Maria was like teaching her as a woman that like you need to connect and look me in the eye. You need to look me in the eye. And what else did she say? Like the thing about her poussette. Oh, she was like, this is love making. It's not a porno flick. I want to show you. I'm going to lay down, and I want you to look at my pusetta. Like, you have to really, like, look she at my like, pusetta. Look, look at my pusetta, and which is Portuguese for pussy. It's like, and I no said, And I was like, do you... I was like, we, girl, we get it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, 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 can you imagine a world where Samantha would be like, yeah. you're what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. But the idea of this is that, you know, Maria... And Samantha have such a meaningful relationship yeah. that Samantha calls um, Carrie and says that I want, we haven't had sex yet. Well, she mentions earlier at lunch that they haven't had sex yet. Yeah. Or the girls find out they haven't had sex yet or whatever. And later, um, Samantha calls Carrie and says, I really want it to be special the first time. Well, I'm sure that it will be special. I want it to be special. I want our first time to be special. And mm-hmm. then they do have the sex. Yes. And at lunch, Samantha shows up to lunch and is just over the top and is like... Did you know that when a vagina gets engorged, it expands to the size of a fist? It's like a fabulous cave. I guess they've had sex. Apparently so. And we have three holes down there. Okay, stop talking about your relationship. But it's fascinating. There are places a dick just can't go. Oh, some dicks manage just fine. Please, Maria has ten dicks. For the record, you started this. I am sorry, but a finger 
is not a dick. Yes, a finger is more like a third of a dick, so technically Maria only has three and a third dicks. Oh, did you know that the vagina is as big as, as, big as your fist and we cavern. have three holes yeah. and Maria has ten dicks because of this, her fingers. This oh. stuff was all incredibly cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. The, the fingers and the dicks and the And like, why does it have to be related to a dick? Like, why can't it just, you know what I mean? Carrie's like, a finger is not a dick. Like, I think that's what pissed me off more than anything is like, oh, so you're saying, basically you're saying lesbian sex is not as good as, like, a a dick is the end all be all of sex. Like, that is so ignorant and I have to remind myself that it's 2001, it's 16 years ago. Well, and also Carrie, I, I feel this, I'm like justifying what Carrie's saying. Um... In that moment, I feel like she's just so, like, into the current dick she's having sex mm-hmm. with yeah. that, that she's just talking about that dick. That's a great yes. point. And Carrie also feels a sense of frustration that she had the most intense, mind-blowing orgasm of her life, and Samantha's still one-upping her by being a lesbian. Of the- course, Samantha has to up-sex her, which, that's a first draft kind of piece of dialogue right there but whatever. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. I, th- I like that idea actually. Well, well you know at the beginning of the episode uh, you know Samantha tells them that she's in a relationship with a woman and you know Carrie's response is, is hold up you're in a relationship? Yes. Right. You know so it's like not Which, the woman part it's like yes. that Samantha's in a relationship so everybody's like gosh Samantha's in a relationship what are we doing? Charlotte's <laughs> like it's healthiest thing she's done in years yeah but yeah but i think but what joe was talking about when um samantha kind of uh is lying there with her hands like behind it's hard to explain like her elbows all the way pointed out um and her hands tucked behind her head looking like master of her domain kind of like i I really accomplished it wasn't that right after she got shot in the face was it i'm pretty sure it was like she felt she was like, no, it was after, yeah. Like right after she oh, got maybe, shot in yeah. the face. Yeah. So explain what happened. Well, explain how the story. Well, Samantha was exploring up. Maria's fabulous cave. Yes, her. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like a fabulous cave. Her papusaria. Her three-hole papusa. <laughs> <laughs> what is the thing in a kangaroo called? A pouch. Isn't there name? What is the technical term for it? Um, Are you thinking of what like Native Americans carry their children around in? He a is pup- a papoose. Oh, a papoose. <laughs> <laughs> And Thank also, you for figuring that out for yeah. me. Yeah, I really appreciate yes. that. Um, they're pupusas. The 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 <laughs> pupa, pu- the larva, and the pupa. The Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Samantha's down there in Maria's downtowns because apparently all it takes is a few tutoring sessions to become a master of the vagina, the clitoris, and all three holes. By the way, I take I take issue with that because you're not entering the urethra but whatever i didn't see the thing that bothered me about that is i don't buy samantha not knowing everything yeah i can't imagine yeah that's true i love the idea that like a lesbian could teach her things about the vagina she didn't know and that she'd be open to learning that as a sexual being but i agree with you the fact that she doesn't know is like no she would know no she knows everything Um, but she's down there working on maria real good exploring her fabulous cave and maria you know Ooh! And Samantha gets aggressively, like, squirted on. Yeah. on in the face yeah. with yeah. some some female ejaculation. Which Daniel goes, "Oh, you like?" <laughs> I forgot. I forgot that that that. 
that happens in this episode. Me too. You run, you slide, you hit the bump and take a dive. Super Crocodile Mile with air cushion bodyboard and super dredger spray from Marshawn. And uh, it was a, it was a surprise. Yeah, yeah, my jaw was on the floor. And Samantha yeah. was surprised. She was like, "Is that a good thing?" And Maria was like, "And Maria's like, oh, bing, ow, <laughs> you wanted the fireworks? I did give you the fireworks, bing." <laughs> and Samantha's very proud of herself, and she, you know, turns over and puts her hands behind her head like a man. And of course, because that's the only way. I guess we can understand sex. To be fair, male, that's exactly dynamic. what I do every time I get squirted in the face. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You look at the ceiling. That. You look straight at the ceiling. Yeah. And that's Samantha's <laughs> storyline. <laughs> that's that. Um, speaking of John Thomas. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I wrote that down in my notes. I so said, I. John Thomas. Rock it right off. Let's talk oh a little bit about I can't Charlotte's wait. storyline. Boy, oh boy. So uh, as, as we have been following Charlotte's um, on again, off again with Trey, right now they are dating. Uh, they, ha- they were separated. And I guess in some sense they are still separated, but sort of dating. They're technically married, but she's not living with him. And they've been having wild, raucous, out-of-the-bedroom sex. But it's finally time for Charlotte and Trey to conquer Trey's last fear, which is having sex in the bedroom because their that's actual where he bedroom. Had, that's where the sales went down before. That's where Schooner could not port in Rebecca. And it's finally time to give it the old college try. Well, you know, they had sex at some party. They had, they were tr- about to have sex in a, ca- in a cab. Yes. And then, you know, um, Charlotte's like, why don't we just try, try the bedroom? And there's kind of an amazing shot of them standing in front of the bed. It's like a rack, like, yes. sort of. Yeah, it's sort of dollies it. past them and, and cranes up a little bit over the bed. I also liked the the directing choice of when they're looking at the bed, they shoot Charlotte and Trey from underneath, so it sort of like makes it very imposing and and uncomfortable that they have to finally address this elephant in the bedroom. Which is, can you do it? Can and it's you get it really up? Really frustrating for Charlotte because she's excited that it's going. You know, all the sex is so great, but she's beginning to worry that, you know, th- that's that's all that's all it is. It's just exciting sex outside of the bedroom, and then when it gets down to what what's actually going on, that um, all Trey wants to talk about is his John Thomas instead yeah. of their relationship. They successfully screw in the in the bedroom, and Charlotte's like. Well, this is great. She, in, you know, the voiceover is like Charlotte was thrilled, and you know, she was thinking maybe it was time to take the next step, which was her moving back in. And he's like, "Next time I'm hard, would you consider measuring my John Thomas?" What? No. I understand it's juvenile. I know, but I just never seen it like this. He's like, I've never seen my John Thomas this rock hard. I thought it was rocking right off. I feel kind of bad for Kyle McLaughlin in this episode. Like some of the he does that he, he does a a whale of a job. He with does with oh, that he commits a hundred percent like he committed in Showgirls when he's like, your father murdered your mother. Yes, he does. <laughs> Pulling and Crystal. your father killed your mother, then killed himself. He ran away from a foster home in Oakland, December 1990. Arrests, 
Denver soliciting. Stop San it! Jose soliciting. Cheyenne soliciting. Shall I read you the rest of them? He does. He really does. He commits all the way. Well, and that like it's so much about his his Jonathan Taylor Thomas that <laughs> he he he's obsessed and he yeah. like asks he asks her at one point to measure like, it. I've always that's always made me mad. Can't he measure it himself? I know it's juvenile. Is it that difficult? No, to, like, he can't. No, he can't do it himself. And you know, we were talking about cringeworthy moments earlier. I think that the peak of it for me was when he, wa- when he wanted to go again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, that was so yeah, weird. She, like, because... she was like, do you think maybe we're ready for... Well, I was just thinking, he's like, she's like, we could, he's like, go again. He's like, let's see, three, two, one, Houston, we don't, don't have a problem. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, Trey, I'm so wet now. Great. Oh, I mean, I'm just thinking if a gentleman who I who was naked with me in bed was like, lift off, three, two, one, I'd be like, are you okay? I'd be like, you might as well be naked playing a banjo right now, because I'm out. I'm outie 5,000, <laughs> yo. Um, okay, so, yeah, so, I love the... So, you know, um, Trey's like, let's go again or whatever. And Charlotte's like, I'm taking a shower. Well, they do, don't they? They do go again. It's after that. Yes. She's like yeah. in the shower yeah. and she's la- like, this. I don't get this. She's lathering. It's a whole, I don't even know what to say. No human would ever do what she does. She's lathering her hair in the shower. And, and getting lathered up and, ca- and Carrie has a voiceover that's like, and Charlotte was getting, la- while she's getting lathered up, she was really getting lathered up. <laughs> And this weird sort of like choir horror movie, like religious like, horror sort of movie, operatic, <laughs> yeah. Music starts playing, and and Charlotte gets ir- like mad so quickly, and like storms yeah. out of the shower, and is like, wah, 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 wah. she's yelling at him. She and she tells him he can shove this marriage like up his ass or something like yeah. that. She also that does says, not sound like something Charlotte would no, say. It By the way, tell me this is not a studio or network note. She says, all you care about is your penis. Well, you and your penis can stay here. I'm going back to my leased apartment. She says, and I'm going to my apartment where I have a lease. Which I believe, you know that's a studio note because later Trey comes over and says, hey, come move in with me. And there was some dumb executive who was like, the audience is going to wonder if she moves back in with Trey, what happens to the apartment that she's currently in? And they're like, well, I guess I have to address this fucking note by having Charlotte say, I'm in a leased apartment. That explains why so- she said she takes that line directly to camera. <laughs> <laughs> My apartment turned to camera yeah. where I have a lease. Where I have a lease that can be easily broken in case I decide to move somewhere different. I might sublet it. So she storms home. Yeah. And then Lohan beholds Trey knock on the door. Trey Trey's at the door and... Is there with a ring that we've never seen before? Yes. No, it bothers me. It's like this giant wide ring that's not her wedding ring and not her engagement ring at all. And he says, my penis and I have talked it over. And would you please remarry me? And she's like, yes, of course, of course. And bagpipe Scottish music plays. And that's it. So it's like McDougal time. (laughs) They're back together. She's moving back in. So, you know... I understand. I now understand why this is not an episode that plays in my 
regular rotation. No, it just it, it doesn't. And I now will actively avoid. Yes. What sex got to do with it? I'd be interested to see what this episode is like edited for television. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh. You know. I yeah. wonder how they would. I skirt guess they don't a show the things. squirting. It would I, I, just be Miranda eating cake. It, yeah, it'd be Miranda <laughs> eating cake for 22 minutes. Which yeah. would have been better than what we just watched. Yes. In many ways, I think. Um, I, Space work. I think one of the unfortunate things that comes out of this episode is that the question is never answered, which comes first, the chicken or the sex? That has to be... Yeah, I want to Is know. there another... Is there a worse Carrie... I couldn't help but wonder... Like, I can't think of... That's a ter- it's I couldn't terrible. help but wonder, is this the worst I couldn't help but wonder? <laughs> I think it, it made might me laugh. be. It's be- no, it, it's... Yes. It makes you laugh in the way that, like, like it's something so terrible, it's Yeah, does funny. it make you laugh in a good way, or is it, like, mortifying? I really can't answer that. Thank you guys so much for yeah, watching this episode. Of course. Thank you, You're I'm welcome. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. Thank but I'm you. glad you guys were here. Why this. did the chicken cross the road? Why? To get to the set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm very tired. Knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? Mmm, chicken sex. <laughs> Guess what? What? Chicken sex. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You can take your penis and shove it right up your chicken butt. Wow, Um, what a great episode of Carry On. Yeah. Um, Thank you guys so much for coming, and until next time, Carry Carry On. On!